We, uh, we just finished up a big celebration last week, didn't we? The resurrection of Jesus Christ. The stone couldn't hold him down. It was rolled away and out he came and he lives forevermore. Very exciting time and I know that as we go through times like this, we have a little bit of extra extra excitement in our lives because of, as a Christian, what that means. But I want to ask you this morning, we're a week removed from that. Where's your excitement meter for Jesus, for worshiping and praising him this week? Is it still the same where it was last week, way over here on on full or now that we've passed that that big uh, celebration there, is it kind of back over here more towards the E? It's like, well, I'm just kind of relaxing and taking it easy for a little bit because that was that was a very exciting time. As a Christian, our excitement for Jesus Christ should be full at all times. I'm not going to be stupid or anything and and think that we don't have times to where we fluctuate back and forth. But we should always always be excited. We should always be focused on that cross and what that cross means to us as children of the Savior. I know this past week in preparing for this sermon today, getting up at 2.30 in the morning each morning, my... Praise and worship meter wasn't way over here on full when that alarm clock went off each morning. It was way over here like, oh, it's 2.30 in the morning again. What am I doing? But, you know, we we have to remember what we're here for. As children of, of God, we're here to share his gospel. We're here to be the light in the dark world and whatever it means and if it means getting up early in the morning, preparing a message that he's put on our he's put on our heart or whatever, then so be it. That's what we need to be doing. But we need to we need to have that excitement in our lives each and every day. We're going to be looking at praising and and worshiping Christ today. Worshiping is a lifestyle. It's not an emotion or anything of that nature. It is a lifestyle. Just like Christianity is a lifestyle, being born again, it's a lifestyle that we live each and every day of our lives. When we're living that life, we should be worshiping him and showing the world that we have something different that the world can't offer us. The world offers us Love and joy and peace, doesn't it? It tries to. But as a believer, that's certainly not the love, joy, and peace that that we want as believers, is it? The only true, true love and joy and peace that we can find is in Jesus Christ. And when we find it, no matter what we go through, we always have that peace of knowing, that peace that passes all understanding, that peace that comes only from God above, 
that will see us through whatever trial and tribulation we have. I don't know if any of y'all in here, if you've ever heard of Deion Sanders, also known as Prime Time, a very successful professional athlete, played professional football and baseball at the same time. He's been to the World Series. He's won Super Bowls. He's had all the money in the world. All the glamorous things, all the big cars, big houses, as he put it, all the fine, sexy women that he would ever want. But yet, he had a void in his life. There was something missing there that he just couldn't fill with money, with sex, houses, you name it, whatever. It couldn't be filled. And he got to the point one time to where he was going to kill himself. He had decided he was going to drive off a cliff and kill himself. And here it is, like I said, man that's got everything in the world. He went over that hill, he fell, that cliff, he fell 30 to 40 feet in his car. The car crashed, came to a stop, came to a halt. And there he was sitting there, barely even hurt. Probably a God thing there, wasn't it? It was because that's when he realized what was missing in his life. He said in his testimony, he got down on his knees right then and there and prayed and asked God to come in and and save him and be the uh, savior of his life. And from then on, he has served a godly life. You can Google him and Google his testimony, but I, that's it in a nutshell there, is the fact that the world is going to offer us all kinds of things. But if you try to fill your life with that, it's never going to be enough. It's never going to work until we fill it with uh, the salvation of Jesus Christ. That's why I like the fact of how we observe communion every week here. Because we should be remembering that cross every day of our lives as a, uh, as a believer. <clears throat> there's, a, uh, there's a radio station that's pretty new to the area here. It's been here a couple of years. It's called Worship 24-7, 93.7. They didn't pay me to give them a promo, but I'm doing it anyhow because it's a very good station. And... Uh, on that station, they play a lot of good music. They have little snippets of pastors and, you know, big leaders and all that of certain different sermons that they do and all. And this one quote that I'm getting ready to, or statement I'm getting ready to tell you, I don't know who said it, but it's, it's a very true statement that, that they made. And it, it simply says, God is after our worship because when our worship is right, then our lives are right. And when our lives are right, our hearts are right. When we're in total worship with God, a longtime friend and a former pastor of mine back in Georgia, he talked about this one time, and he talked about our posture. As a Christian, what our posture should be. And if we're, we're right with God and living the way we need to be living, our posture should be like this, 
and like this. We should have our hand stretched as high up into the air as we can to the heavens, receiving God's blessings, the Holy Spirit coming down and running through us and filling us to the point that as we're receiving all this from God, our other hand is stretched out to where we are taking our blessings and we're flowing them out of us and into the others around us, into the world, into our community, into our congregation here with our other brothers and sisters. Because as we receive God's blessings, we should be blessing others. And if we're truly worshiping God the way that we should be. This morning, we're going to look in, look in the Psalms. We're going to be looking at Psalms 100. And before you just go there and you look at it and you go, oh, yeah, Ken, he just found him a real short psalm to, to, to go and to get into and out of real quick. Like, I want you to understand something that, first off, it is an honor and a privilege every time I am allowed the opportunity to stand behind here and bring the word of God to you. And after every time that I'm able to, I am able to do this, I go right back and start praying to God to show me what it is that he wants me to teach on the next time I'm asked to do this. And I, I spent quite a while, because it was October, the last time I, I taught, spent quite a while praying and asking the Lord to show me what it was that he wanted me to teach on the next time. And he just he brought this psalm to me, Psalm 100. And it just kept coming back. You know, I'm like, okay, you put Psalm 100 on me. You want me to praise and worship you some more, or, you know, this and that and the other. But it kept coming back, and it kept coming back. And I know I'm from the south, and I'm kind of slow. But I, after a while, I figured, okay, this must be what you want me to uh, teach on the next time. So I've been studying and and looking at it and praying about it. And just because it's five verses, don't think that there's not anything there. There's a lot of stuff in these five verses here. And if we tried to spread it out that long, I'm sure I could probably keep you here till Awana starts at 4 o'clock. But my wife's downstairs with the kids, and she made sure I wasn't going to do that today. But... Anyhow, I'd like for us to, uh, there's four major points that I want us to look at that cover this, uh, this Psalms. In verse 1, it talks about, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands. This joyful shout is a command to us for public praise, public worship which is what we're doing in here right now, corporate worship. We're gathering together. We're uh, here with one another praising God Almighty and worship and in, and in song and all. And uh, Hebrews 10.25 tells us to uh, not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. 
And, you know, I've, I've heard many people say, well, I don't need, you know, I don't need to go to church to worship God, you know, to, to be around others. I don't like to be around other people, really. I'll just sit on my deck and have a cup of coffee and, you know, just be in God's nature there and, and thank him for that. But, you know, I would kind of look back at maybe uh, Proverbs 27, 17. And uh, that one kind of hits it in a <clears throat> nutshell. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. And we're here together as a congregation to do just that. We're here iron sharpening iron. We're, we're being accountable with one another. We're, we're here growing together. And we are to help the countenance of our friends. Now, my, my wife tells me a lot of times that, you know, that, that my countenance isn't always what it should be. I see a young lady here laughing about that. But, you know, sometimes, you know, life goes on and we, we get to the point that we just don't look real happy, do we? But as a Christian, we should have that joy and that love and that peace within us that we always are in a good, in a good mood. There's a quote by Charles Spurgeon. I'm going to read it to you. It's not on the screen. I forgot to give that to Heidi. But it says, Oh, happy God, our happy God should be worshipped by a happy people. A cheerful people is in keeping with his nature and his acts and the gratitude with which we should cherish for his mercies. So we know our God's happy. We know he's loving. He loves us. So therefore, we should be happy. But I mean, it's just, it's just our nature at times, isn't it, that we're not always appearing to everybody that we're, that we're happy. There's plenty of times when you look at me and think that I'm probably the maddest or meanest looking guy in the world. Wow. (laughs) I love you. (laughs) I know you do. But, you know, it's just, that's life. But it doesn't mean that down past this face that we're not happy and loving and, and everything inside. Because most of the time, if you talk to me, you'll, you'll be able to tell that I'm in, I'm in a good mood. But we just, we need to be careful with that. And, you know, that's part of, you know, iron sharpening iron. We're here, you know, we're around each other. We see somebody having a bad day or something. We speak to them and talk to them and help them get over whatever it is that they're, uh, that they're going through at the time. And uh, I was up here a couple of years ago cutting the grass and, you know, just minding my own business. And some young lady walked by on the sidewalk. I just looked at her, nodded and told her, have a blessed day. And I had still had my ear coverings on and all that. But, you know, just kept on going about my business. And two or three minutes later, I caught out of the corner of my eye. She came walking back up. And she stopped me, and I took my head, my uh, coverings off then. And she told me, she said, thank you for saying that to me. Because I needed that today. 
And I'm not saying this to toot my horn. I don't want you to think that at all. I'm making a point to us that we don't ever know what somebody is going through when we cross their path. But God put us there for a purpose. And we need to remember that. And we need to uh, to live for him with uh, an abandoned joy. I think that's how it's phrased. But uh, we, we need to remember and we need to serve him the best way that we can. We need to make a joyful shout to the Lord. That's also referring, talking about singing. I know some of you can be like, well, I'm not going to sing because I don't sound very good. Well, trust me, you're going to sound better than me. Because I always use this analogy here is I compare myself to like to Barney Fife. Of all y'all that ever that have ever watched Andy Griffith and you know about Barney and his times in the choir. He's way off key and all that kind of stuff. But compared to me, at least he can carry the bucket that the tune's supposed to go into. Me, I can't even carry the bucket. So, you know, we can take, I don't know who's got the most beautiful voice in the building here today. Okay. But whoever it is, we could take your voice and we could, we could put my un, my non voice next to yours. And we could both start singing and just singing away to praising God. And you know what? He's going to love both of them no matter what. Because he desires, he inhabits our praises and our singing to him. And that's what we need to do is we need to praise him and we need to uh, sing to him in, in song. Now, like I said, some of us know it's like, you know, we don't want to sing because we don't have a good voice. Some of us think, well, you know, I don't have, I don't feel like it. Well, I'd, I'd have to second guess you on that one. Because guess what? What happened if Jesus really didn't feel like going to that cross? Where would we be at now? God's created us in his image for his praising and his glory. It doesn't matter what we, what we sound like. Nobody's asked me to leave this building yet when, when I sing and praise God. And I hope nobody ever does because that's going to be really sad when we're here praising our God who created us. And something like that were to happen, but I don't see it ever happening here. But anyhow, we don't need to stop it with something like that saying, I just, I don't have a good voice. I like to listen to Skip Isaac. He's a Calvary Chapel pastor at Albuquerque when I'm preparing for my uh, messages. And uh, he had a pretty good comment about that, about I don't have a good voice. Well, his comment was, if God gave you a good voice, you'd sing it out loud, right? And you'd be, be proud with it, be happy of it. But if your voice, if God didn't give you a really sweet, wonderful sounding voice, give it back to him anyhow in singing. 
and let him know, hey, even though I don't have a good voice, I'm still praising you. I'm still worshiping you. And I'm going to continue to do that until you take me home one day. That's what we have to do. Some people say, well, I, you know, I don't have, I don't want to be emotional and, and this and that and other. Yeah, I used to feel like that years ago. I really, you know, I really just didn't feel like I had any emotion with it. There wasn't anything there. It was just singing and, and that was it. And I I prayed long and hard about that. And God got me over that part there because let's face it, man, as as tough men, some a lot of us we feel like, you know, a man's not supposed to cry. Man's not supposed to shed tears. Well, when you're in complete worship and you're in total worship with God the way we're supposed to be, you don't worry about those emotions. I've shed more tears over here in this in this building here during during those times, and I've learned through Christ to quit worrying about it. That's a prideful issue right there. That's a prideful issue. We need to get rid of pride. And we need to focus on God and ask him to run our lives and to take charge and not we ourselves. We need to make a joyful shout to the Lord. Number two, We need to serve the Lord gladly. Serve the Lord gladly. Verse 2 talks about that. It says, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Once again, there's that word singing again, huh? I guess that's kind of important to the Lord, isn't it? That we uh, we sing to him. And I use this uh, this example earlier when we were in the other building years ago my wife and I used to head up the cleaning ministry and I'd go in on Wednesdays and do uh, the midweek cleaning and I'd been known to put on a pair of headphones and crank up my uh my I think it's an mp3 or something like that I can't remember what they're called but anyhow it had all my songs on it I'd get it cranked up and just get going in there shouting and praising to the Lord and this and that and the other. And one particular day, I was just having a blast, you know, giving Barney Fife competition that day, I guess. And uh, just going at it and all of a sudden, and, and there was nobody there when I got there and that was good, you know, and so forth. And then all of a sudden out of the corner of my eye, I caught something and there she was. She heard all this stuff that I was singing and sounding bad, but you know what? God was being glorified and he was loving it because I was worshiping him in true worship. And we had a laugh. We had a laugh earlier this morning because she had forgot about that until I brought it up. But, you know, we have to get over that. We have to know that we are here to worship and adore and to praise our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We serve him gladly with joyful abandon. I want to go to Colossians 3, 
23 and 24. She beats me to them when I give her the scripture, but I still like reading that in my Bible and not on the screen. Colossians 3, 23 and 24. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Whatever we do, we need to do it for the Lord. It doesn't matter. I used to be an air traffic controller. You know, I... I had a lot of stress in my job. I used to wear T-shirts under my shirt all the time, different of the Lord's prayers, and also I'd remember that I was doing it for him because at the time up there, I could, at any moment, I could just cut loose and let, let loose of some things that I shouldn't be saying because of things happening or whatever. But then I got to remember, and it's like, you know, I'm doing this for the Lord. I'm not doing this for some company or whatever. And so when I when I thought that and I started doing that, I had to change a heart in that. Nowadays, I go around and I check locks for a living. I make sure doors are locked and secured. A lot less stress. But you know what? I'm doing it for the Lord. I prayed hard that he'd show me and he'd, he'd moved me towards something that I could do that was a lot less stressful. And he did exactly what, what we asked him about. But we do it for the Lord. Whether you work in a supermarket, whether you work for uh, Hooker Creek or whatever else, you're there for the Lord. You have a purpose for him. And we have to remember that, that how little or how huge... Whatever it is we're doing, we're doing it for him and for his glory and his glory alone. Everything we do, no matter how big or small, we do it for the Lord, for his kingdom. Psalm 95, 1 through 3. Oh, come, here's that word again. Let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. We serve him not just in our congregation, which trust me, there's plenty of areas in this, in this body that we can serve with. And we challenge you as the leadership we challenge you to pray about that because we have children's ministry down excuse me downstairs we need workers we need people who are willing to come in and spend an hour on a sunday morning teaching those little kids about jesus because that's where we need to start at we need to start them young we need to start them little. And we need to put the word of God, of God in their hearts. We need to remind them about how much Jesus loves them. We have other ministries with, within the church. I'm getting ready to start up the landscaping 
again here. So if anybody wants to help cut grass and edge and stuff like that, pull me to the side. I'd love to talk to you about it because we had somebody doing that, but we're going to start doing it ourselves again. So that's another ministry. But, you know, we have women's ministry. We have all kinds of things that the Lord wants us to do to minister. But not just in the church here, because it would be easy for us to just minister to one another, take care of the flock here, and be it. If we do that, how are we going out and spreading the gospel within the community? So that's something else we need to do. We need to be ministering and serving the Lord in our local communities in different areas, which we do one one part of when we work in the community. We are a light wherever we're at there. But there's other, you know, there's other things. Amer- you know, like for example, with me being retired military, American Legion, or you know, other areas like that that we can uh, that we can serve in and be a light to this dark world. But when we do it, we need to do it gladly. We need to do it joyfully. We don't need to be down in the soup kitchen with our countenance already, you know, four shades away from a Christian countenance, serving uh, serving the homeless or whatever. And they're like, yeah, boy, that guy really wants to be here, doesn't he? You can tell that or whatever. No. When we do this, we need to do it gladly and willingly and joyfully because we never know when that person or persons needs a a good word from the Lord or just a good word from us because depending on what's going on in their lives but uh okay Many times, I know in the past that I have done serving in areas without a joyful heart. And during those times, what could have been a time of of good things happening for the Lord, when the heart's not right, things don't happen the way they they should be happening. So that's why I challenge you to to be praying about this and to ask the Lord to guide you and direct you in this area because all of us have gifts as a believer, as a follower of Jesus Christ. You have gifts. A lot of times we don't know what they are because we don't ask for them. But we need to be praying and asking God to show us what our spiritual gifts are. And when we do this, he will reveal them to us. Number three, the Lord is our God and he is our creator. Verse number uh, 
Oops, wrong song. Verse number three. Know that the Lord, he is God, bless you. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. We could spend all day on on this here about creation and, and this and that and the other. But uh, once again, like I shared with you, I like listening to uh, Skip Heisick. And uh, he made a comment about about the creation and about God being the creator because he said if evolution was the way that everything was actually created, then he's pretty sure that all you moms would have more than two hands, wouldn't you? Because y'all need a lot more than two hands with all the things that you do, don't you? All the time long. So we we know evolution is not uh is not working. But anyhow, God is our creator. He is the one and the only God. He is the one and only creator. We are created perfectly in his image. We praise him by knowing him and being obedient to him. We know him how? We know him, one, by reading in his word and studying his word getting to know him in this book here. He delights in the times when we get in his word and we spend time with him. That's what he wants. He wants a relationship with us. He wants us to get to know him closer and closer, better and better. And this is one big way that we do this is by this book here. I want to look at Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Can't do that. And we're also, after, from there, we're going to go to Psalm 1, 2 for that, that verse also, but... He's talking about the greatest commandment here. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you are in your house when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. I want to go to Psalm 1-2 real quick before I start talking. And this is talking about the blessed man. But he, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. When we start thinking about that and, and reading that passage about meditating day and night. And then we look at Deuteronomy with, with what it talks about. 
we are to be in the word all as much as we possibly can the meditating day and night doesn't mean that we have to have this book in front of our face 24 hours a day seven days a week 365 or 366 days a week a year depending on the year what it's talking about there is when we're not studying this word when we're not reading it out of out of the book we need to be continually thinking about it praising god for what he's done what he's going to do as it says in deuteronomy we need to be teaching our children about the word we need to be bringing them up from little from little ages all the way up into their adulthood we need to be talking about it as families when we're sitting around the dinner table at night talking about god to them we need to be continuously talking about jesus about god and and all the glory and the blessings that he has bestowed upon us there's going to be tough times this book doesn't promise us it's all unicorns and rainbows it tells us that we're going to go through trials james 1 2 tells us what that we are to count these trials and tribulations as what joy the only way we can have that joy in us and be able to get through those times is what by having jesus christ at the forefront at the forefront at the head of our lives because with without him this life is nothing we might have this or that or the other but guess what you're not taking that with you when you leave and without jesus christ you're not going to be in in the good place that's for sure so we need to be continuously in the word meditating on it day and night and lastly number four verses four and five we should continuously be thanking god for his goodness his mercifulness and his honesty towards us i want to go to psalms uh, 136 i know i got it marked in here somewhere Psalm 136, verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. We should always be thankful for everything to God. Because everything we have is his. All the beasts in the field, in the forest are his. The cattle on a thousand hill, hills are his also. Because he created it. He created it all. And we need to be thankful in everything for him, for what he has given us for. Just like Paul tells us, 
You know, he's he's been bountiful and he's been without. But no matter what, he has always praised God Almighty because he knows that God is sufficient and God will provide what he needs. He will provide what we need each and every day of our lives as long as we continue to live for him and proclaim him proclaim him as lord and savior in conclusion and there's nobody on the worship team in here is there brian would you mind you know where the conference room is would you knock on the door and let johnny know that it's that it's time thanks in conclusion i'd like to point three ways how psalms 100 points to jesus Hopefully they'll get in here and I won't have to lead you in the closing song. That won't be that won't be pretty. So y'all pray right now that they hurry up and show up. Three ways Psalms one hundred points to Jesus. Number one, Jesus calls out to all the lands of the world. His uh his message is for everybody, isn't it? His message is for everybody. Jews, Gentiles, it doesn't matter. Well, in Psalms 100, verse 1, we see that it also talks about, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands. So it's pointing towards Jesus. Number two is in Matthew 26, 30. Come on. Here we go. Jesus sang before the Lord. Matthew twenty six thirty says, And when they had sung, they were up in the upper room. He was with the disciples. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Jesus sang also to the Lord. And thirdly, John chapter 10 Verses 11 and 14. Jesus is the ultimate shepherd. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. And then verse 14. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and am known by my name. Jesus is the good shepherd. He is the one and only shepherd. And just like a sheep herder guards his flock and takes them around or whatever, I'm not a, I'm not a farmer. But uh, Jesus is the same way with us. He is our shepherd. He guides us and he directs us. And he gave his life for each and every one of us. He is there for us. All we have to do is call out his name. And he's there. When we're walking through a trial or tribulation. And you look at that sandy beach. And there's one set of footprints on the sand. 
Christy Lane used to sing it best. One set of footprints. Why have you left me and forsaken me or whatever? And it's just the opposite. He hasn't left you. He's holding you in his arms. And that set of footprints is his footprints carrying you through that storm, whatever it is. You may be here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. There's not a better day than right now to change that. Because we're not guaranteed that we're going to make it till 4 o'clock this afternoon. Scripture tells us that. So if you're here and you don't know Him as Lord and Savior, let's change that today. Let's make it right before we leave this building. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes, please. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. It's just you talking to the Lord. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to challenge you right now to do that. Nobody's watching. Everybody's just being patient. If you're here and you'd like to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, if you would, raise your hand, please. Because if, if you don't know him as Lord and Savior and you leave this building today and you don't make it right and something happens to you today, it's too late. You've, you've heard the message today, the, the invitations being given. And if, if you leave this place without making it right, then... Unfortunately, it's too late. I'm gonna I'm gonna take it today that everybody here believes in Jesus. And that's hallelujah, amen. But maybe uh maybe you're here today and you've been walking away from the Lord for whatever reason, and it's time to get back on that path. Maybe uh, you need to rededicate your life. Maybe you just need to ask the Lord to forgive you for whatever it is. I'm going to be down front. If you need prayer for whatever it is, please come down. I'll be more than happy to pray with you. Father, we come to you, Lord, in closing today, and we just thank you and praise you for all your wonderful blessings, Lord. We praise you for the ability to worship you and to praise you, Father. To give you the glory because you are the one and only creator, Father. You have created us in your image perfectly for your good works. And Lord, we pray that as we leave this place today, Lord, that we would go out into into the community, Lord, And that we would be the light for the community that you command us to be, Father. 
be glorified and edified in the in the singing now, Lord. It's in your name I pray. Amen.